This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Use promo code PNF20 to save 20% off your jig order. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products, good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. Welcome back to the final cast. I'm your host, Brad. And I'm Josh. And uh, tonight, uh, we have a special guest, uh, Mr. John Hipster from Yak Attack. Hey, uh, how you doing? Welcome to the show. What's up? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me on tonight. Definitely, man. So I, I know we, we've done a Yak Attack episode before, but that was kind of, uh, I guess, we, we named off our favorite um, products, I guess. So th- this episode is going to be geared more towards the new products you guys just released and some of the newer products you released within the last couple of months, uh, get the word out there and, uh, yeah. So how about we start off the episode by, uh, you letting the listeners know who you, who you are, where you're from, uh, what, what kayak you, you fish out of that kind of thing. So my name is John Hipsher and I've been working with Yak Attack for just over five years. It was five years, I guess five years in a month. Um, and for me, I was the first person to ever relocate to Yak Attack. Before that, it was very much mom and pop, you know, friends and family. And, you know, when I got there, everyone thought I was crazy. And, you know, it's been a wild <laughs> ride and we, we've accomplished a lot. And, you know, it, definitely it's a different yak attack now than when it was five years ago. We've, we've changed in what we make, how we make it. And we've definitely have grown in the brand that I think we are today. Um, and then a little bit about me, you know, I've been fishing forever, um, you know, five, six years old, as young as I can remember. You know, always enjoyed fishing with my dad, you know, grew up in East Tennessee. So mainly trout streams, you know, a lot of bank fishing. We never really had a boat. Um, So it was kind of me in the fly fishing world. And I couldn't really 
ever get to the river. It was one summer that was just so rainy and the mm. dam releases were never on my side. And, you know, I looked at that and said, you know, it's time to get a kayak. And at, at that time I was managing uh, one of our dealers that we, you know, they still sell Yak Attack and I think they sell Bonafide as well. Uh, Uncle Lim's Mountain Outfitters in Knoxville. Uh, I think that they've moved to Sevierville, uh, Pigeon Forge area mm. um, since then. But um, that kind of got me into it. You know, basically, you know, the, the owner looked at me because I, I was about to quit. Basically, I had quit that job, um, taken something else. And uh, someone got sick when my coworker got sick. And so he went to a Jackson dealer event or he was planning on it. And basically, he bailed or he got sick or something like that. And um, my boss looked at me he's like, do you want to go? He's like, I know you're not you know, going to be here in the next two weeks, but you know, I'd love to have you come and give some insight and kind of help us plan. And um, pretty much after that event was like, here's a blank check. Here's a credit card, basically whatever you need to get us going. Um, and basically I kept the job. You know, I worked there another, I think a year and a half after and really helped grow the tournament scene and you know the club scene and just overall have a place the guys could come to talk kayak fishing and get the gear they needed. So um, it was really kind of, I guess, fun to be a part of the early days, I'd say, in that. And, you know, one I think one of the fun events was hosting a river bass event. And I still think to this day, it, it wasn't a regional event. It wasn't, you know, one of their big ones, but it was the largest, you know, river bass they ever had. I think it was around 85 people. Um, and yes. that was 2014. You know, that was Dang. six years ago at this point in time. And, you know, there was guys coming from all over. But Knoxville's blessed with, the, you know, having – Atlanta and Charlotte and Nashville and a lot of big cities right around them, but also a lot of water. So, um, and then basically for me kind of getting in the world of yak attack was just Luther putting up a Facebook post about how the business is growing and they're looking to hire and, you know, message him through that and never heard anything back, send him an email. I know he's a busy guy, but, um, never really heard anything from him, but, uh, kind of that same Jackson event was coming up and I was, still a dealer. I was, uh, I was, I was planning on going to that and I knew he would be there uh, cause he was there the previous year talking products. And I think that's right when the black back came out or I mean, that's when a lot of the new products hit. Um, so messaged him and said, Hey, I know you're going to be at the dealer summit. You know, do you guys, you know, do you have a chance to sit down and talk? And basically after that, he, he spent the next two months trying to talk me out of the job. He was like, <laughs> he's like, you don't want to do it. And like, since no one had moved, you know, for yak attack, he didn't want to basically, you know, I guess, affect someone's life of picking up their roots and traveling somewhere and moving somewhere with no friends. And I mean, it's Farmville, you know, it's yeah. where I live. I mean, it's six, 7,000 people. I mean, I'm, you know, I grew up in a subdivision or my neighborhood at home had almost 800 houses in it. I mean, so there's probably more people in that subdivision than there is in this whole town. Um, so it's, it's different. I mean, it's been different. I mean, I've, you know, grown accustomed and we got good fishing around here, but he kind of tried to talk me out of it for a while. And, uh, but for me, I guess I'm just a, stubborn you know hard-headed person that i mean that this was this was the current end game you know it was always my my goal of working in outdoor sports you know even when i walked into uncle limbs you know i told the owner i was like my goal is to work on the manufacturer side of outdoor sporting goods and so he hired me on the spot i put a t-shirt and started managing the floor basically um so the same thing with luther is you know he it's a funny thing is he actually originally it was interviewing me for uh the production manager position, which is, I mean, I, I think I would adapt and overcome, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, my background's in marketing you know, that's what I've done for, you know, the local shop. That's what I studied in college. I mean, that's what I have a passion for is products. And, 
you know, I think by using the products and being authentic, I think's the the foundation for good marketing. Um, but eventually, you know, my predecessor, I mean, he was driving three hours every day from Richmond, you know, an hour and a half in each direction and he just got worn out. So, you know, essentially that position opened up and, you know, I came up here and visited Luther, you know, one day and, you know, he put me up at his house and, you know, went out to dinner and traveled around and drove around the area, kind of looking at some places or really he was just trying to sell me on the area. So he took me to Briar Creek and showed me or that in Sandy river and showed me the, the fishing holes, but, uh, hmm. you know, ended up taking the gig and, you know, I've been here, you know, five years in a month and, um, it's been fun. You know, I mean, it, there's been a definitely a little bit of a roller coaster ride going, you know, with some, you know, some things that have happened in the past couple of years, you know, kind of also the creation, you know, of what we did with the world of Bonafide that, uh, for two years, I was the marketing manager for Bonafide. Um, so basically anything consumer facing there, you know, down, you know, website down to, you know, helping with, you know, the original concepts and designs and, you know, done a lot of different things, but, um, I mean, seeing that kind of go its direction and, you know, now I'm focused hundred percent on Yak Attack. So it's kind of back to business and, uh, it's been a fun past couple months and we've accomplished a lot and, uh, we definitely have a lot of cool stuff planned, um, coming up this year and, you know, probably have new products hit almost every month. You know, I mean, oh, we, wow. Nice. I mean, we're not one, we don't have to rely on China and long-term planning as far as, yeah, you know, getting orders and having stuff, you know, planned on the pipeline for overseas manufacturing and tooling. You know, I mean, it's basically if I want it, we can make it, you know, me and Luther kind of put our heads together and then we meet with our designers. And, you know, if there's a product that we need or like something for, you know, me and Brad were talking earlier about kind of the boat, you know, the aluminum boat products that we're making. I mean, I've got two products that we talked about on Wednesday that I'll have you know, I already have one printed prototype on my desk already, and I got one coming on Monday, and we we could have those molds and those parts ready in the next two weeks. Um, nice. So Pretty it's quick. it's a it's I think for the most part, you know, it was one of our old designers. You know, he moved on. He was also driving three hours every day, but he he went to a different company, kind of you know close to his home and in woodworking, and that's his profession. But when he left, basically, you know, I met back up with him at one of our dealers, kind of cookout. Um, and he, he basically was saying that Yak Attack was boot camp because everything's so fast paced and, you know, and that's something I think that I've come to enjoy is the the agile ability to continually move and make changes and adjust the product line and grow the product line to the growing nature of the market, you know, so it's, uh, it's been a fun, fun gig, you know, I mean, it was a dream for me. It was something that I worked hard for and, you know, it's, this was, you know, the end goal and then we'll kind of see where it goes from here, but you know, working for a company that, you know, I, I don't know, we don't have to go through a lot of people to make any decisions that there's no investors. It's just Luther and me. And, you know, then we've got our, the rest of our production team and engineers. And, but as far as, you know, figuring out where we need to go, you know, that that's kind of part of my gig now is kind of moving into a business development role as well as marketing. So it's, um, it's been a blast for sure. That's good stuff, dude. I, I was just telling Josh before uh, we called you in that, I I don't I don't know I didn't know much about you at all so uh, it's pr pretty cool background I, I like it awesome yeah man and kind of going off what you were talking about with like your product development and like coming up with your new ideas how often does the new ideas come from the outside or is that stuff a lot of times come in from internally like with you and other anglers that might be on the architect staff that you know, they shoot out those ideas. Do you guys get a lot of ideas from like outside the company that kind of helps drive that too? 
So I guess for me, I, I kind of play that one a little differently that, you know, a lot of it's coming from me. You know, a lot of it's coming from Luther. Um, Dan, our main designer, I mean, he used to work for Orvis um, I, in kind of a different role. I think he did kind of a jack of all trades, helped him with, you know, production and helped him with, you know, getting things, you know, organized and quality control. But I mean, he's a fly fishing, you know, nut. I mean, he's a hardcore angler. So that's been my goal is to, you know, it was part of my job description last year, but I've kind of been slacking on it was to take him kayak fishing every week just to get his brain grown and evolved <laughs> into, you know, what we do and how we think is, you know, small space organization on a kayak. Um, and then we've got um, Joey, which was, we, I think we hired him maybe about four, four maybe six months ago. Um, and he's, I mean, he's been kayak fishing for several years. I mean, I, I've never asked, but I'm guessing five, six years. Um, so, I mean, he's got his own experience and, but as far as, you know, product design's a tough one, you know, because it's one that, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, an idea is worth, you know, so much money, but I mean, ideas are cheap. It's, right. it's the ability to execute and the ability and having the outlet to sell. I mean, You've seen some, you know, even in this industry, there's been some great ideas come and go, but it's been, you know, whether they're engineers that don't understand the marketing aspect or whether they're marketing guys that don't make the right product. Um, it, it takes kind of a full bag to get a product going. Um, but but basically, I mean, if someone ever emails, I've got to kind of dance around that one. You know, someone's like, hey, I got a product idea I'd love to discuss. And I typically say, I mean, if you don't have a patent filed on this product, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> um, just because it, it right. puts us in a tough position of, you know, I've got, you know, 40, 50 products that have been, you know, kind of halfway developed that are sitting on a shelf that it could have been one of those. And most of the time it is one of those ideas, you know, because a lot of us, there, there are a lot of common ideas that, you know, whether we're just trying to out how to how to manufacture it or have other priorities. But, you know, I try to basically if someone's got a, you know, hey, I've already filed a patent or I've got a patent that that person kind of understands that. But someone that just throws out an idea that says, hey, you know, that that through hole connector, you know, I had that idea and I talked about that on a, a video six years ago and you guys stole that, you know? So it's, yeah, I, I got you. I don't know. So you just, you just gotta be careful with product design, but then, you know, I think one thing for us, like, you know, even, I guess, even on the bona fide side, you know, we would get them and like naming the last boats. We got them involved naming the last boats. And I saw one of the, one of the guys in his blue, Palm, you know, Palmetto SS-127. I remember that. And he was like, oh, I I got, I was involved in name this. And like, that's kind of been my go-to at Yak Attack is, you know, if I'm looking for product names, like the padlock paddle holder was someone or, you know, the turnkey track adapters, which was our our boat mounts for the, you know, aluminum boats. That was all team driven, Mm -hmm. you know, and basically that's basically just up a giant word cloud on, you know, a private Facebook page (laughs) and, you know, we'll get 200 different names and i mean half of them are just people throwing names up but i mean it's fun to be involved <laughs> with and so oh, every once in a while uh, you, see, you see something stick i don't even know? want to know i don't even want to know what ridiculous names brad came up with <laughs> I, I i uh submitted a few of them <laughs> but even with like those colors like you, you never know i mean i think with some of the ones they landed on it was just is interesting, but I mean, that's yeah. something that we get, we get them involved with, you know, from that aspect as well. But we, we tend to use internally our team more than, you know, the general public or if people email or call just because it's, and a lot of people think that, Hey, you know, I got an idea for a rotating widget that floats, you know, that would go on your boat and then be like, well, yeah, I'm going to sell it to you for you know 200 grand. You're like, it's, it's not how it works. You know, I was like, that's just not how, <laughs> yeah. you know, this, this isn't Silicon Valley. And I mean, it, it's hard to build a business off one product. You know, that's, that's why yeah. kind of for us, like we've got, I mean, 150 
you know, not, I guess I would say 150, 175 different products that are individual, you know, not t-shirts and hoodies. And it's just different SKUs and manufactured products that mm-hmm. it takes a lot to, to be able to grow and service a dealer and make sure they've got all their needs taken care of. But, um, but yeah, I mean, well, especially like in the, the Marine world that we're kind of pushing into, you know, we're going to kind of lean on some of those guys for product ideas. And, and typically, I mean, like, Kind of an example like the the switchblade, the transducer deployment arm. We had that design and molded. It was done. And then we basically had this light bulb moment of, you know, why doesn't the lock and load completely interact with that interface? And you can replace the knob with the lock and load base. So therefore, you know, a transducer arm plus your display mount only takes up you know less than four or five inches on a track. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. we basically threw away, we, we recycled all that tooling. We just completely started from scratch, you know, and mm. so that's kind of what we do a lot that it's easier. And for us, I think that's a strategic advantage that, you know, you learn a lot of things through product design, but in the end, typically it might be something completely different, but you picked up on some, you know, you grew the brand language, you grew the product language, uh, and you learned some tricks along the way that, you know, you seriously, you might end up with something totally different than what you had originally, you know, drew up in a product brief and, and that's kind of what happened with the switchblade is we, ch- we changed the base and made it function more and made it, you know, more capable, you know, and that's, that's where, you know, we, I think, excel without having to deal with anyone making our tooling or kind of at this point in time doing any manufacturing for us. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to be a part of a company that has those capabilities that basically if, you know, if I dream it up or if Luther dreams it up or if Dan, you know, wakes up, you know, and drives in, he's got about a two hour drive into work and he, he stays here half the week. But if he's got something, he'll just, you know, we'll talk about in the morning and then shoot, you might, we might have a 3D printed product by the end of the day and, mm. you know, and give the approval and let's go to tooling that, that week, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool to see that, you know, agile nature. And I think in a, in such a young industry that, um, it takes that type of company to be successful, you know, to be able to, I mean, this industry wasn't the same as it was a year ago or two years ago. And, you know, the kayaks are changing, the anglers are changing, you know, the needs are changing. So, you know, having that ability is pretty powerful. Yeah, definitely. Um, going off what Josh said, uh, uh, talking about the product design and everything, do you guys ever get suggestions or like tweaks on all products you already have? I mean, never think it probably every once in a while, you know, you get, you know, I think one thing that we always, we put ourselves out there enough that, you know, I think if you go on the website, like it's giant on the homepage, contact us, you know, here's our email and that's on purpose, you know? So I think you do get a lot of people that have a certain product that either want to see it designed a certain way or want to see it changed and added. And, um, it was like, I guess the cup holder was a great example. The multi-mount cup holder, you know, simple, easy, you know, fairly inexpensive track mounted cup holder compared to the previous alternatives you know, when designing it, you know, we were like, well, we want it to be a solid bottom. We want it to be basically uh, a tray. You know, if you want to throw, you know, weights and tungsten and, you know, hooks mm-hmm. and I don't want it falling through any cracks or holes, but at the same time, it collects water, you know? Yeah. So if you're out there, whether you're just aggressively paddling, throwing a bunch of water around, or it's just a rainy day on the, on the water that it will fill up with some water, you know, and it just, that creates some problems. And, you know, if you've got all the, for me, what I'll do is I, even on my SS127, I would put two of them on the back on the perch pad and then one of them in the middle. And basically, you know, I'd put my top five favorite baits that I'm, I don't have currently tied on for that, you know, those conditions and that weather. 
And then I use one for spent plastic and maybe one for a water bottle. But um, eventually we got this suggestion so many times that we basically said, you know, let's change the mold, you know, and we're able to go in there and make the modifications to the mold. And sometimes it's cutting a new piece. Sometimes it's modifying the existing mold. And we were able to go back and add some holes and I think make everyone happy because nothing will fall through it, but it's enough to break up some water tension to where you do get some, uh, you know, seepage throughout the bottom. So it won't re- retain any water over oh, to, the, to the period of the day. So, yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's one thing I remember when Luther came on with Brian on the OG show, <clears throat> he made it a point to let him, you know, he said, I might not always be vocal out there, but you know, I'm always watching and listening and reading, you know, like customers, like, you know, concerns and, or even ideas at that, you know, he's like, it, it really kind of helps, you know, you've got to be open to that. Cause if you, you kind of shut the door and assume that everything's always golden and gravy, you can't evolve as a company, you know, you get kind of stagnant and then you don't, you kind of lose that innovative side to it. Even, even if it's as simple as putting some holes in the bottom of the, the cup holder, you know, but at the same time, man, it's like, well, we just created basically two products in one, you know, like you said, it's a tray and it's your cup holder at that point. I love that cup holder, man. It's like one of my favorites. It is nice. I have like 60 freaking Nalgene bottles from my uh, backpacking day. So when that came, yep. when that came out, yep. I'm like, what? Nalgene? Yeah, yeah. Put that thing in there. And I was, <laughs> I was stoked, man, because, you know, I have a Jackson Cusa and um, I had the center console and it was removable. And a console creates a little bit of not clutter, but crampness, especially if you start yeah. fishing tournaments. Back in the day, before I fished tournaments, I loved the console. It was a good place to drop my, you know, water bottle, whatever, you know. Uh, but once I got the cup holder, it actually became like a trash can, basically, for me. Ba- <laughs> you know, because that thing isn't water. It wasn't watertight by any means, but it became a used bait. You know, like any plastics I went through or whatever, if I had something tied on and I just wanted to kind of throw it to the side, but keep it close, that's what it became. But yeah, man, it's, it's definitely what you guys are doing over there is, is it's impressive. It's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to, it's been really fun to watch from when I started kayak fishing five years ago to see what Yak Attack has come up with in this short a period of time, you know? I I mean I got some you know just the original like rod holders like you know the mm-hmm. the uh, Zuka tubes and you know that yeah. kind of stuff and just to see like now with the AR style holder and all that jazz you're like man this is it's getting cool and it's it's exciting to see what what you guys come up with each year. Yeah, and for that's... me, like if you're not on top of it, I mean, like I'm plugged into social media, like just I guess for an example that like Luther and me. Luther has more mutual friends than any person I ever grew up with. You know, and I, I've had, I mean, I've got the same friends from when I was five, you know, so like I've, I've got a lot of old friends that I've, I've known most of my life, but you know, me and Luther, we're plugged into it. I mean, our, everyone in our company that, you know, Joey and Dan and me and Luther, we have to, you know, so I mean, that, that's part of the gig that, you know, I was listening to a, kind of a marketing podcast last week and they're talking about social listening tools and, all this mm-hmm. automation and stuff like that that's come about. And I'm like, that's, it's all gravy and all. But I mean, if you don't know it as a person, you know, if you don't fully absorb it yourself and be, you know, involved in interacting with the community or, I mean, I, I shoot, I couldn't imagine, you know, working with my, my pro team, you know, if I came, if I didn't know anything about kayak fishing or didn't know anything about our products and was just there to strictly manage people. And it's, it's not the same, you know, I mean, it's, 
knowing the products through and throughout that like for me is like, you know, I've, I've been a Yak Tech consumer, I've been a dealer and then I've been on this side. So, I mean, I, I know the brand better than pretty much anyone else um, at this point in time that um, it's important to know your customers and continually be interacting with them. And, you know, you know, and that's for one, like, I mean, for our, our marketing department still handles all the social media questions, you know, it's like if yeah. I don't really want our customer service to handle those because, you know, I want someone that, you know, is, putting out our day-to-day message, you know, as far as, you know, our social plan and what, what we post and why is if we get certain questions, we'll just throw them on a board and, and make sure that they're taken care of, you know, and mm-hmm. making sure that the, the consumers are taken care of, like, I guess like the camera mounts, you know, we'll get to that one. But as an example of that is, you know, people always, you know, they always wanted, they're like, Oh, just, you don't know why you need to redesign this camera mount, you know, just, you know, put a lock and load base in the bottom. And we're like, yeah, we want to do that. But like, we want to try you know, and do something different, but mm-hmm. you know, testing it and using it like really i mean let's figure out the ball mount let's try to make the better ball and make sure that we can have you know a tripod threaded quarter 20 mount also work with gopro and so you're buying and you know one one product works for everything but like that simple part of just figure out how to use the lock and load base on this is powerful you know so if if you're not listening to your consumers you know i think at any company at this day and time you know you're 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 becoming out of touch with your industry and really where you need to grow to because you know, I mean, if you feel like you've already lost control, it's too far gone, you know, oh, and in no. this day and time with, you know, the ability that one thing that technology is given is, you know, back in the day for someone to have a CAD software was thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars. And, you know, you have to trust that program and trust your design and then send it to a tool maker. They make your injection molding. But right now with the, you know, you can buy a $200, $300 3D printer. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And so you could design something, print something, um, and kind of see where it goes from there, you know? And, but that's, it's created the ability for companies to grow and start up a lot quicker. So technology's really had a positive effect on, you know, getting a, a company going and products, but then on the same point of the same thing with technology is, you know, sometimes I feel like I wear 20 different hats that I'm trying to have to you know, take care of, you know, people reaching out to the website, you know, all our social pages. Cause if there's a social platform out there, you're not, you're not a part of it. You're already behind the ball, you know? So you've got to be involved with your customers through and through to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the one thing I like about Yak Tech and uh, Bonafide, man. I, I always see you or Luther or uh, Justin Floyd. They're, they're always answering people's questions and threads on Facebook and stuff. And I, I think that's really cool. I don't see other companies doing that as much. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, uh, that's, that's an easy one, you know, like that's one that it doesn't take any time out of my day. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm already in kayak bass fishing or I'm already in this group or, you know, it was one, I think it was two weeks ago that it was a guy had a, he's talking about how he resoldered his Vizzy carbon. You know, I think it was one of the LEDs he's had for probably three or four years. I saw that. And one thing for us, I mean, it's, we didn't start out this way. I mean, kind of before we had a year warranty on all of our products and, but basically the goal is to set the bar really low in the next seed expectations, because that's kind of how you win people over. But it was kind of a mindset change to help our dealers sell better. And it's how I purchase products personally is through a warranty. If someone puts a lifetime warranty behind a product, I'm, I'm going to buy it because I'm going to beat the yep. hell out of it. And I'm going to use it and it, you know, better be designed as it's intended. So like someone like that, he, he took the time and soldered and I was like, man, it's like, if, if you ever want, like, you know, if there's something, if you're, if your repair didn't work, you know, I mean, this product has a lifetime warranty on it. So, I mean, please contact me. And I feel like there was two people in that thread that were like, really is like, you know, and, but they also like, I, I, 
made so open they'd be like please just you know message me directly i'll make sure we have you know a new light housing and led sent out to you i mean that's that's easy i mean that took no time out of my day and i mean if yeah. you're not a, if you're not a company in, interacting with your consumers like that especially if they have any problems you know it really slows down the get you know the jet fuel that is word of mouth you know yeah. and that's in this day and time with social media and how fast information can be thrown around and grown you know word of mouth is that that's the goal you know that's the goal to yep. grow a brand is you know and that's what i feel like for us has, has been a lot of grassroots marketing get involved with the communities and the local tournaments but also it's just you know sheer word of mouth that um you know i think it was funny that i was at an event it was, it was down in north carolina for a powerboat dealer that we're talking to and they had a grand opening and uh, i was carrying our long leverage land net the one that i mean it's really can't be used in a kayak actually Jeff Little uses one about as long. He's about the only person that uses the the long XL handle in a kayak, but typically it's power boats. And, you know, I jumped out of the car to get set up. It was, you know, it was 9, you know, 8.30 in the morning. And uh, the guy saw me. He's like, oh, I love that net. I have it. And I was already, like, surprised. I was like, because that industry doesn't know who we are yet. Um, and then talking to that same guy, he was like, oh, yeah, I was talking to this dude. I think he was the owner at the FLW, uh, you know, KBF event in Hot Springs. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I started talking to him because I was like, I was, it was me and then one guy from Bonafide that he probably wouldn't have been talking about nets and stuff that to him. But uh, he was like, oh yeah, he's like, I bought the wrong net, you know, and this guy, you know, he basically contacted me, gave him his card. I think it was the owner. I was like, dude, that was me, man. He's, but I, for me, like I'm, I'm down. The reason I shaved the beard, I'm down 70 pounds. So like, I didn't look the same at all. And he looked in his, he That's looked in his funny. phone and was like, uh, it's John, John Hipshire. I'm like, I showed him my ideas. Like it's me, bro. Um, <laughs> but it was just funny because, you know, he was just already a brand fan and only had one experience of basically brought bought the wrong net you know and i basically was like man i was like just keep the other net you know and i'll send you the one that you meant to order and or intended to order and that guy i mean that guy will buy anything from us i mean that guy will be a brand fan forever just because it's the way that you handle customers and i mean what did it cost us you know it cost us a net or shipping or it cost us a, a handle or whatever um pays his weight in gold you know so i mean that's because that's that's how I'd want to be handled as a consumer, you know. Because I mean, I I ordered some some new ski boots. It was it was last year, you know. I was on a ski trip with some buddies in West Virginia. It was probably the last time of the year going skiing, and I mean, highly pretty. Some of the I think most expensive ski boots that are made in the industry. I mean, they were, you know, almost almost a grand. Um, and then when I got to the ski resort, you know, getting ready for night skiing that day, um, pulled up in the box and there was a size seven and a half and a ten and a half. Huh. and i called him was like here's your options i was like you can overnight me the correct size or i return these on monday yeah. you know and that's a thousand dollar sale for them i mean mm-hmm. and they wouldn't do it you know and then that was just really? the, that was just the dealer you know I, I know how that a lot of those people you know if they have a customer service team they're probably not willing to make moves like that but you know me as a you know working for a manufacturer and then maybe down the road owning my own business i don't know i'd love to do that down the road i would have made that move you know because yeah. That's one, you just lost all that money, but also I'm no longer really a brand fan of yours because, yeah. you know, I understand mistakes happen, but it's it's how you fix those mistakes is vastly important, you know, and it's how you react yeah. as a company to, you know, whether you ship something, someone wrong, you know, you ship the wrong product or, you know, wrong hardware or, you know, has someone had a problem with a boat, you know, or a kayak, you just, if, you, if you don't make it right and make it right in the right way, um, that 
that's hinders your brand performance over from a long time. And, and that's where actually, I think that, you know, a lot of people don't know it, but I mean, there was original partners with Yak Attack. It was Bob and Luther. Um, and Bob, mm-hmm. he, he actually works for us now. He, he's been working for us, I think for the past two and a half years. Um, he came back, but eventually, or originally Luther bought him out. And this is when there was only one product. It was the VisiPole. It was made from PVC, but they sold a lot of them the first year. And they were telling me, Bob was telling me a story of kind of the, the, the division point in the brand or between the, the leadership and the ownership of the companies between Bob and Luther. And it was, you know, someone had the pole, you know, leaned up against, you know, their garage door and someone opened it or whatever and it fell and it, it cracked something. And um, it was out of, you know, their advertised warranty or whatever. And Bob was like, oh, no, make him pay for parts or make him pay for it. Um, and then Luther was like, no, I was like, we're just going to send him a new one. Like, that doesn't cost us much. You know, we're going to send him the parts he needs to repair it. And I think that was kind of one of the moments that, you know, kind of created, I think, part of our, you know, our mission statement as a brand I and mean, how we operate and how our customer service team operates and how we operate in the world of marketing. So um, that's, I think that's kind of a fun little tidbit, you know, of kind of that old school story that still stays true today for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, I, I I have to commend uh, Yak Tech for that. I, I'm a I'm brand loyal forever because of all that. It's awesome. Well, and you know, going off what you're saying, John is like one of the things that I always kind of see is you know with social media, there's a lot of this whole uh, bash bashing sessions you see that go on on products. Like something happens with the product, something defective goes on, and it's just hell to pay you know and it's kind of unfortunate because i i don't look at it like that i i am a big believer in like giving the products a chance but giving that company a chance to make it right and that's one thing i get really sick of reading online is that when something goes wrong it's like oh the end of the world that these people suck you know this company sucks and it's like dude before you do that have you even called them like yeah. to rectify your issue. Like, no, the incident that it happened, you jumped on social media to bash them. And, you know, that's just that those are miserable, miserable people. That's what I like to call them. miserable people. You know, it's yeah. like, dude, your whole life is led in, you know, the constant state of being disappointed and that you've got to voice it. Like, I get it. If you have an issue, you know, throw the question out there. Is somebody else having an issue, but contact your companies out there, guys. Like, you know, more often than not, these companies are going to work with you to rectify that situation because what John is saying about Yak Attack is not something that's new. You know, that that's what that's a sign of a successful company. And these companies have been around for a long time, are successful a lot of times for taking that stance and taking that that mind mindset of, hey, if something goes wrong we are willing to rectify and fix that issue. You know, I mean, we've seen it time and time again with any of the kayak companies themselves or any of the accessory companies, you know, and those that fail are the ones that don't rectify those issues and, you know, steer, they, they basically turn a blind eye to the situation, but that doesn't happen very often, you know, but you know, it's, it's cool to see that aspect that keeps coming around because, you know, and, today's day and age as these companies like real big corporations that like you know like i I work for a pretty big company man and it's it it gets to be amazing sometimes uh of the stuff that you see like when you were talking about leadership 
leadership being involved and you guys are anglers and you do this and you have the background, you have the ideas and that sort of thing. And, you know, big, huge corporations, you're in the news and you're watching, you're like CEO from this company is hired on this company. Well, that com- those companies have nothing in common product wise, you know, maybe their structure is the same, but you know, it's why I think you see like CEOs come and go like water with these companies because they're not hiring them because they have a passion for that product. They're hiring them because they need them to manage people and to manage um, like a business model, a structure. And I think that's where you see, you know, the company might not fail, but you see it slip, you know, you see, you know, like overall, um, overall money go down, overall product design go down, whatever it is, you know, cause it may be a different situation for each new leadership, you know, that's chosen, but I don't know. It's, it's cool to see the grassroots mentality. And I kind of wish that you would see it more even like in today's big, big, big you know, companies. And, um, it, uh, you know, I, I think it's important. I think, um, it's kind of that American way of doing business that you guys still stick with that, that m- keeps people tied to Yak Attack, you know? Um, I mean, I've, I've been using the products from day one. I think that I bought my Jackson. I remember looking at some stuff like on the wall, like, oh, I think I'm going to get, you know, that Roto Grip paddle holder, you know? And that's been like one of my favorites, literally my, my like go-to number one thing yeah. that <laughs> I've had. And awesome. it's lasted this, this whole time, man, you know? And yeah, there, there's some flaws with it, but you know what that flaws from it's, it's from use, you know what I mean? It's, it's simple. It's not this stuff that we buy. Anybody buys anything that you buy now has an expiration date, you know? So you got to look at it that way. You can't always expect everything to last forever and be perfect, you know? And, you know, as long as you, it, you got companies that back their products and are willing, you know, it's going to keep you guys moving forward and, you know, I commend I commend the attack for taking that that stance. It's it's good to see that it's refreshing, really. You know, yeah. And for us, like you know, it's one. You know, I remember sitting down with Luther. I mean, this is probably three years at that point in time, and he just one thing we were talking about is just don't change. You know, basically, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, if we ever you know do this and this and this, and you know, grow and grow and grow so big to the point that we just can't handle, it's like just let's make sure we don't change how we do business. You know, yeah. and and that that's important, you know, because I mean, I, I was I was buying something, getting ready for the you know this trip I'm going on this week, you know, to Wyoming, and I needed a, a flannel that didn't have any cotton in it because I was going to ski in it um, as a just a, you know another base layer, mm-hmm. and it was a company that I mean I own thousands and thousands of dollars of their stuff, you know, and they're a big conglomerate at this point in time. Um, you know, the web page had nothing to do with the, you know, fabric makeup and the materials and like even messaging their, you know, chat service was like, yeah, we have no idea how to answer your question, you know, but I was like every single garment ever that I've ever owned from you guys has it right on the hip, you know, right on the inner care tag and, you know, materials tag. And I, I don't want to ever get to that point, you know, because if yeah. it's one that, you know, in our customer service team, I mean, you know, we haven't done it always. It's something I'm starting to do, but Basically, I'm allotting an hour out of my week to sit down with my team and go over our products and teach them and teach them, you know, why I use what rod holders wear or, you know, why I would put this track over, you know, here compared to a certain other track that we make or just trying to, you know, because especially here, I mean, it's Farmville. I mean, it's a small town. We can't have everyone, 
you know, that's involved, you know, consumer facing be a kayak angler, but that's kind of my goal this year is to at least get them thinking like one and mm-hmm. understand the products a little bit more. And, but also when I, you know, here, I'd say here, I mean, it's Virginia, who knows it could be 75 degrees next week. Um, but once it gets nice, take them out, you know, once every two weeks and just get them in, you know, involved using our products. And, but I mean, it gets to a point that I, you know, we've told them this and told them that from the beginning is don't ever lie to the customer. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can't answer the question, just, just put them on hold or grab their information and grab me, you know, grab me, grab right. someone else that, you know, I want to make sure that their question is taken care of, you know, yeah. and, you know, and I've, I've heard it from this is back in the day, but this is back when it was just me and Kim running all of customer service. I was doing all marketing as well. Just two of us. Um, someone called up and was like, he didn't even say hello. He just said, do you kayak fish? In a really just serious, <laughs> serious voice. And I was like, yeah. He's like, what kayak you paddling? And I was like, you know, I don't know what it was at the time. Maybe a Kusa HD or something like that. Uh, or an attack. And it just, he's like, oh, well, I'm, I got a Kusa HD too. And you can immediately tell that the guy was just so excited that he got someone that he could talk to. And like that guy would literally, he would message, you know, he would, my email. He'd email me directly and been like, hey, I'm looking at my next paddle purchase. What paddle do you know? Benny Branches or Werner or pfd is like oh you know i have this one you know it was an old one handed down it just doesn't really fit me well it's like should i do nrs or astral and it was just the whole thing's funny because he you know it has nothing to do with the attack but he, he found someone in the industry that he could trust and from a consumer perspective and like trust goes a long way you know if you're yeah it does if you're re- relatable as a company that has to be something that you figure out early on is you have to be yep. relatable to your customers and then you got to have some type of trust, you know, and that's part whether it's in a warranty, whether it's in customer service, whether it's in an experience with the product, you have to gain trust or you're not going to be successful. Yeah. yeah. You, you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say uh, customers like something that's relatable to them, man. It makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I guess we, we can segue out of this and go into a little bit of highlighting some of your new products you just released. Um, we can start off with the camera mount. You guys just released that in December, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it was, I think we were shooting for January 1st. I think we ended up doing it like the last two weeks of December, you know? Yeah. So for us, it's always, I don't know, fluid whether we can get it done or not because we always typically shoot for some hard deadlines. Um, but to start off with, you know, and some of these basically, it's kind of our camera mounts reimagined. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured out, you know, what were things we'd like to improve on. Um, and one of them was the functionality of when, when I first started, we sold 16, 17 different camera mounts. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? That's confusing for consumers to buy. That's confusing for our dealers to buy. And the big reason was that was because whether you have, you know, whether you have a, a GoPro or whether you have, you know, a quarter 20, you know, a regular camera, whether it's like a, I think a Sony or, like in, in Tova, there's a couple brands that use a, a quarter 20 rather than the GoPro interface. And um, so we'd have to sell them both ways. You know, we'd have to sell, you know, this little mount, you know, that's a simple little track mount that's fairly inexpensive. We'd have to sell it with and without a GoPro mount. And it just, mm-hmm. it becomes confusing. And, and like someone like me is like, I mean, this is my camera. I also have GoPros. So, I mean, I also, you know, I could put a, you know, big full frame camera up there if I wanted to. And it was a nice day on the water, you know, so... <laughs> I like to have yeah. some options so it's easier for our dealers because, you know, when interviewing our dealers back in the day, I was like, do you guys sell GoPro? They're like, no. I'm like, don't carry the GoPro one then because, yeah. You know, but then they got to carry a separate little ball and it becomes a, a pain. So 
you know, this is kind of the first one starting off is, is what we call the um, articulating camera mount. And it was just a, it's a screwball that goes right into your track, you know, that's built mm-hmm. right into your Coos HD and right into your um, SS127 that are both Yak Attack track. And um, essentially you got some little articulation here and then you go up to the camera ball. So regular GoPro mount up top. And then to get to the quarter 20 mount, you just screw it off, you know? So it's super, okay. super simple, super easy. And um, that one comes in right at 25 bucks. So, you know, to me, you know, especially if you're trying to take it serious, you know, a lot of guys, I mean, especially in the world of cameras, I mean, you can buy mm-hmm. a $40, you know, action camera right now that's waterproof and probably shoots at least 1080, you know? So technology has gotten so cheap. So a lot of people can afford multiple, multiple camera angles, you yeah. know, cause it's no one wants to see, you know, the crotch shot, you know, looking up at someone for the whole the whole time and a couple a couple the of Gene, shots. The Gene Jensen special. But, I mean, Gene, the, Gene gets it up. I mean, Gene actually uses, he does now, but it, he made fun of himself so bad about that. He he was so excited in one of his last videos where he was talking about the new mounts, and he's like, "Guys, no more crotch shots." Like, <laughs> see, he's like, he said it was yeah. one of the things everybody gave him such a hard time for when he was in his kayak, and it was awesome that's seeing funny. his video for it. Like, that's the kind of stuff that's kind of cool, you know, seeing somebody kind of poke fun at themselves yeah. a little bit and have a good time with it. But yeah, dude, it's you got to, you know, especially yeah. someone like Gene with such a big following. And to yeah. me, if you don't, ha- if you don't have any haters, you're not doing anything right. You know, <laughs> yeah. especially with him, like he's not trying to follow the rest of what everyone else does and, you know, his goal is he wants to teach people, you know, so it's he's going to get some haters come out of the woodwork. But but no, I've seen him. He's moved to what we call the uh, the panfish. Um, yeah. So this is the panfish pro and the panfish pro comes in at let me get a pull up my notes real quick. Um, the panfish pro is 33 inches tall, you know. So the thing about these camera mounts that's different from the old ones is the old ones basically just had the mount in the bottom and it was fixed length. That was it. Yeah. You know, it had some articulation. So if you twist in the middle, that's why we call it the pan fish because it pans without having to loosen the bottom. Um, so at that height is great. Gene likes it right in front of him. He likes that kind of chest height perspective that yeah. it's kind of a little bit more formal and it just looks a little bit better. So yeah. I think that he typically would throw a boomstick in the back and have the over the shoulder perspective. Um, but then also have, you know, the kind of chest height. But you know, even if you had this up front, it's not too bad in the way as long as, you know, it depends on what you're fishing. I wouldn't go out there and fish for you know, big bull reds and stuff, you know, and have a big pole <laughs> mounted in the front. But <laughs> yeah. bass fishing on a lake, you're probably good. Yeah. Um, but one thing we changed, and it's what we were talking about earlier of, you know, I think it was the team, it was consumers, it was, you know, people was like, we love the interface. We want the easy on and off of the lock and load base. We, we love that. It's super simple, super easy, you know, super easy to adjust. So it had everything living, you know, everything going for it. Um, so we slammed it with the bottom of the panfish. And so what that also does and says, instead of just a, a straight up rigid pole, it has that articulation to where if you one day or you know, whether you're using like a paddleboard, you want to put it flat on the deck, you know, adjust the camera up at you, and then this plays basically flat on the deck. So you can have any range of, of motion there and camera angle that you need to where, you know, you look at a lot of videos, and it could be, you know, a chesty or the head cam or the crotch shot. Um, but a lot of a lot of the unique ones are going to be an off-the-boat perspective that's looking, you know, yeah. like, a, like a 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock, you know, off the side of the boat. 
that could be a dude in the water. You know, it could could be like a swimmer they have like at the extreme kayak fishing challenge, you know, tournaments down there in Pompano that for sailfish, like get someone in the water. But yeah. for me, I fish a lot by myself. You know, I, mm-hmm. you know, we tend to work hard and not have a lot of time. So when I got the time, I'm going. So I don't have to, you know, make sure I'm fishing with people. So if I'm filming myself, you know, having that unique angle off the side or having, you know, several, several camera angles is important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be what we call the Panfish Pro. And that was going to come in at $100. And one thing that's unique about the, the lock and load base in general, that's same thing for our fish finder mounts and probably more useful in the rod holder perspective or also in the camera mount perspective is go ahead and buy a couple extra track bases and put them in different spots. So throughout the day, instead of watching the same camera angle all day, I can take this swap it over to another one and mm-hmm. swap it, swap it to a different one quick and easy, you know? So you don't, you're not yeah. locked into, you got to, you know, put it on the rotational and it's going to take you a couple seconds. This is with this is if you have a lock and load base there, pop that trigger and swap it, put it somewhere else, you know? So yeah. you could yeah. switch where you had a rod holder there, put a rod holder, change that up and change it up. But I mean, it's, there's some power from a filmmaking perspective of the ability of these, you know? So having that lock and load base, and quick ability to adjust, but also by being able to get off the side of the boat or be able to get flat on the deck and shoot a unique angle or be straight up and mounted on top, you know, of a, of a creator, something like that. There's some power to that for sure. So, um, yeah. that's going to, that's going to be the panfish, uh, pro. And then we move on to the kind of the younger brother of that one. And it was, it's still in the panfish family, but doesn't have the same built-in mechanism. So this is going to be what we call the panfish portrait. And this okay. is Panfish Portrait Pro. And same thing up top, you know, you get the ability for GoPro quarter 20 mounting. So, you know, DJI is going to work with the GoPro interface and all the other, you know, a lot of the other brands are going to use that. Some of them use the quarter 20 tripod stud. Nice beefy knob, really nice, nice in weather, whether it's wet or dry outside. And then same thing with the bottom. You know, you got the easy adjustment built in that lock and load system. So if you want to take that down and want to adjust that, you can easy. So, I mean, it stands about 11 and a half inches tall, but if you want it flat, adjust the ball and get whatever angle you need out of it. So a lot of filmmaking perspective and then a little bit different than the original panfish port, panfish, sorry, the panfish pro that we just saw. The ability to change the angle is just built into the lock and load base. So you squeeze that trigger, it picks up, pick your angle and, uh, and go down with it. So it was just easier to put it in there rather than have, you know, a, another pivot point up top and a pivot point down there. So that's kind of what we opted for, but same thing with that, you know, lock and load base, simple, easy on and quick. Um, the only thing with this one is that it does not float. So this one, and then obviously the smaller one aren't going to float. Um, mm-hmm. might want to put a floaty on the back, but as far as the medium size one, the panfish pro, you know, regular size action cam, if it drops in the water, peace of mind, you yeah. know, drop in the water the whole thing is going to float and you don't have to worry about it falling and um we're sinking and losing your gear so yeah (laughs) and that's that's important you know because i mean a lot of us we lose a i mean you lose a jackhammer and you're pissed off you know i mean it doesn't matter (laughs) what it is or how much it costs i mean to me i lose any lure i get you know i'm a little butthurt there for a little while but i'm I'm the same way it is what it is I've watched Brad cuss at Ned Riggs. So 
I mean, especially like a Ned rig for me, like without the weedless guard, I get that thing hung up so many times that yeah, yeah there's a love hate relationship with that setup. But no, um, in his defense, it usually comes like when he ties on a brand new one and they get stuck on the first cast. So like I get it. Like I'm the same way, man. The first cast snag, you're just like, oh, I couldn't have got at least five, five. You know, yeah, that's all I needed. <laughs> yeah, pay pay for it in fish, but no, you paid for it in pride for sure. <laughs> I, I had a question about those mounts there. Uh, do, you, do you guys make any attachments for uh, cell phones to go on top? Nothing yet. No, I mean that's something that really for us, and I mean this goes back three years, but essentially, you know, we used to work very heavily with RAM mounts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the original Zuka Zuka tube was a Yak Attack design rod holder, kind of in conjunction with RAM. And um, essentially, if you bought a track-mounted ball in the world of power sports, it came from us, you know? Yeah. So there was a lot of different things with that relationship. But eventually, you know, we parted ways. Um, I think this would have been the last year was the third full season. So we went three full seasons without camera mounts. Um, and then really the last piece of the pie that we used to sell, and I sold it very effectively. I sold it very well. Um, and it worked pretty well. Um, not the best one-handed articulation, you know, in and out from a phone perspective, but um, I use an X grip. I mean, I've used it in the past, and you know, that's one that um, we'd like to. I'd say it's on the hot list. You know, I'd yeah. say that yeah. I'm waiting, man. <laughs> I can't say when or where it's going to come, but um, it's something that that's a big one for us because you know, kind of getting in this marine market, you know, the the phone holder is the one crossover product that works in everything. You know, yeah. people yeah. in I mean, combines and yeah. tractors and ATVs. Yeah. You can put it on anything. Yeah, because I mean, especially when you got you guys had that the suction cup mount, that sort of thing. That that whole setup that originally had come out was, I mean, I still use it to this day, man. I use it as my GPS instead of, you know, having worrying about buying a GPS, you know, enabled screen in a in a truck or whatever. I was like, I don't need it. I got my phone. I got an X grip. I can keep everything you know, wired up right there and it, and it works great. So, you know, like it, it is though, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It is a little cumbersome, I guess you could call it like to try. It's not very one-handed friendly, like it yeah. works well, but it's a little sketchy sometimes when you start fumbling around with it and trying to adjust it and that sort of thing, because it is, it's, it's, it works well, but almost too well in a sense like you feel like your phone's stuck in it almost like because you're if you're trying to do it it's not easily to you can't do it one-handed you got to use two so if you're out there fishing or something like that it it, you know it it kind of seems unless you've got it close to you but if you got it kind of a distance man like you're gonna have to like especially if it if you tend to put it like i know some people are running video like using their phones behind them like on the old (laughs) coos hd boomstick that came with it you know, and I'm like, dude, you got to get it. You got to get out of the boat. You can't get that thing out turning around like that. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, you yeah. could, but you're asking for trouble. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's something that, you know, we want to develop. That's, that's where the last thing that we sold that, you know, at that point in time in that chapter of Yak Attack that, you know, we need to work on and develop and finish that project and get it to market. Cause you know, that one's a, that's a good product for us, you know, and you know, and towards, you know, the late, the later ends of, you know, selling those products, we did well with it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens down the road and, you know, see when it comes. And, um, and then kind of going back to that, you know, old, was it the, when the Coos HD first launched, was it every one of them came with a boomstick? 
I think um, that much, was... Yeah, I know. I have the second year that it was out, I want to say. I think it was one 20, year before. 2017, possibly. I think yeah, it was I 2015 got... or 16 no. was year one. Uh, I have a 2015. Yeah, and it came with it. It came with the one, you know, the the one that mounts in that. Oh, I don't even know what the mount would be called. It's like a yeah. a butt a button. You yeah. know, you just kind of yeah. pull it out, and the whole thing kind of pops out. It's a great idea. The only big problem with it is it it has a lot of play in it. Like you know, like so if you look at that, you put a GoPro on it, it shakes real bad back there. But yeah. you know. That, you know, that was the only kind of gripe I've ever had with it. But I mean, I've never even really shot like a lot of videos. So I didn't, I don't have a GoPro. I never, I've, I borrowed a couple here and there, but the ones that I have were recent and they had image stabilization anyways, built into them. So you could, you could hear it moving, you know, there was a lot of like noise in a sense, you know, the clicking and uh, the, of that, but you couldn't really see the shake, but that was just cause I was using a hero seven ad image stability built into it so but yeah i'm interested in hearing about this next one because i know that's kind of like the same thing basically so yeah this is this was kind of the, the boomstick reimagined and yeah. you know i mean in the boomstick i mean in general i mean especially when kayaks i mean you can't stand there in a kayak you know perfectly level you know most boats i mean the original boats are you know built off a tri hole that its stability is on the you know Prime or primary stability is there, you know, so it just sits on the chine. Um, nowadays, you know, a lot of, you know, you have something like the Coos HD is more of a tri-hole or, you know, the Bonafide being that hybrid catamaran design. So, I mean, it's a little bit different than what it used to be, but, you know, if you get something out outside of a boat that's going to have, you know, a little bit of wobble, it results in three or four inches at the end. So, you yeah, know, it's, a, it's a lot of movement, you know, image to build image stabilization and especially, you know, the newer GoPros or the DJIs and that type of stuff I mean, has definitely helped. Um, but also, I think we've improved on our side as well. Um, one yeah. thing we've made the change from that, if you look back at those in original camera mounts, there was actually PVC. Um, so we used a very thick black PVC. And I mean, PVC, there's a lot of stuff used in PVC. It's not, you know, plumbers PVC that you're going to see running through your you know house or whatever. Or underneath your sink it was different grade pvc but it's still you know polyvinyl whatever it stands for you know it's still the same chemical makeup um but one thing we've moved to was we've moved to anodized aluminum so all of these we it's reduced the diameter um by about 10 percent um we've also lightened the load a little bit so there's less swing weight with this product compared to what you used to see with the the original boomstick so same thing with, you know, the Panfish Pro and the Panfish Portrait Pro is they both are going to have uh, an anodized aluminum core uh, compared to that PVC core. Um, but same thing with this guy. Um, you're looking at around um, 55 and a half inches tall um, mm. or 51 and a half. Sorry. So 51 and a half inches tall. And this is going to be one that, you know, I could put it straight up in the air and have that cool kind of over the shoulder of the shot over the shoulder shot or you know mount it and change the angle at the bottom with the lock and load base and get that cool angle off the side of the boat um but same thing with why we called it the boomstick to begin with um was you know typically going to have you know your camera ball angled a little bit to get down to you anyways um but one thing all you got to do is just take the lock and load base pop it and then there's a, a handheld boom your handheld giant selfie stick that's cool you know so like that was the original naming you know convention and reasoning for the boom stick was being a handheld boom 
you know, whether you wanted to shoot, you know, release of a fish in some clear water or, you know, get a cool pan shot of you with a cool vista in the background or a sunset or, you know, your buddies in the background hanging out. So um, that's going to be the boomstick. So same thing with that. You know, we've got, you know, the whole thing floats, drop in the water. It's not going to matter. And then you've got your camera head up top. So GoPro and quarter 20 mounts and, you know, simple little ball system. So. Very cool. Yeah, that's the last of the camera bunch then? Yep, that was going to be the last of the camera mounts. Um, and then kind of our one of our next new products that, I mean, this was actually a big one for one of our team guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was one of our team guys that at the time was working at a dealer down south in Florida. And he was like, well, even shoot, I mean, even I dealt with it, you know, and when, when we would do any installs um, back at the retail side, you know, years ago, I would literally buy it from Hobie or buy it from a competitor was the the through hole wiring kit because at the time yeah. that's all that existed. Um, I know Jackson had one, you know, Wilderness Systems released one uh, maybe last year, but most of those I think required backside hole access. So you needed an area that you had to put, you know, screw on a little back cap or mm-hmm. collar to to compress it and make sure it was watertight. Um, so for us, that was a really big one that we wanted. So you know, the small little part which you know, what we're selling. So this is just the through hole wiring kit, just to make it plain and simple. I didn't really need a trade name or anything for that. Um, what you actually get, and it's going to be 20 bucks retail. Um, you're actually getting two of them. So compared to, you know, some in the market, half the price. Um, so it's a good value. But one thing you do get is you get a variety of these grommets. So they're, they're basically oh, okay. free size to where the evolution of fish finders, we, we, we've definitely have been in the time where it's evolved because, you know, I've got an old, you know, my low elite seven, or, or sorry, my, um, my, yeah, my elite seven that I've got. I mean, the, the biggest wire on that one's probably this guy. Yeah. But then, you know, on my Raymarine element nine, that I'm about to do an install with it. Then you got, you know, that size. So it's just, it's things have been, you know, the image and the visualizations that you get from these transducers has increased so much. So, Definitely, we've got, you know, your big holes if you need it. Um, but one thing you do is, is you just pop them in, you know. So they basically you got a, a simple little collar. And so it doesn't matter which, you know, which way these angle. You know, if you've got a tight space where this design only fits in a certain area on your kayak, it doesn't matter which way that you have to orient uh, the wires. The wires could be there. They could be vertical. It doesn't matter. It just presses in. And then you can kind of see it. There's a, there's a little bit of rubber on the underside. So as that compresses with the boat, and I would I would put a dab of silicone. You know, I would silicone yeah. the middle and then a little bit on the underside and um, put it in place. And basically the same attachment method as our GT175 track or the Mighty Mount XL. Just drill your pilot holes and then hand tighten your hardware. So no silicone on the actual hardware and attachment, but on the grommet itself, I'd put a little dab of silicone. But um, pretty slick, pretty cool product that for me... You know, like if you're one, like if you're one of our dealers and you don't sell a certain brand of kayaks that makes one, you were kind of out of luck. You know, you didn't really yeah. have an avenue. So, you know, I remember doing a an old, it was an old uh, GI. No, it was before date predated the GI Jackson. I don't know what the name was. I think it was just Olive, um, but it was an old original Kusa HD. And I did this build that, you know, we got a custom marine grade leather seat. We we rhino lined a black pack, so it was tan. Basically, I wanted to look like an old army jeep. And then I had a nice, you know other other brand of kayak branded uh through hole connector to do the fish finder install 
And um, so it makes it easy for our dealers to have options. You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of one of my strategy and strategies is, you know, I want to make sure that I'm a one-stop shop for our customers. And there's certain things we're never going to make, but um, I want to try to have as many options as possible. So that guy's going to be the through hole wiring kit coming in at 20 bucks and dealers have been buying those like crazy just because it's a yeah. simple, you know, easy to mount. It just mounted from the top. You don't need any that backside access. And that's, that makes all the difference. You know, that makes it simple and easy. And, um, it's, it's clean, you know, it's really, really low profile. I mean, you're looking maybe 0.2 inches tall, you know, so really, really low profile. So it's out of the way, you know, I'm, I'm about to do an install. I probably should do it. It's probably gonna be next week, but do a Raymarine element nine on my dry pod for my, my SS 127. So mm -hmm. we'll probably have an install video of that up here in a, you know, about two or three weeks. I was going to mention that a lot of uh, bonafide uh, owners, they're using the dry pod to mount their um, fish finder on top of. Is that through hole transducer or uh, through hole uh, kit, is that designed specifically to go on the backside of the dry pod like people are doing? You could, yeah. I mean, we just, for the most part, like, you know, we were talking about the Roto Grip earlier and, mm -hmm. you know, it's a great product. I mean, it was a, it was a, one that probably opened up our eyes and our mind into not just hardcore kayak fishing. Cause at that time, the previous year, I think we were making like 30, 45 different power pole plates and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of different stuff that was model specific. And like, that was the first product we ever made that was just paddle sports, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. anyone on the water, even, even your, your pedal drive guys, you got to put a paddle somewhere in case you bring yeah. a drive on Okeechobee or, you know, Kentucky Lake and you get out stuck out there, you know, with all the, the, the barge traffic on the Tennessee river and white capped. And so you gotta, you gotta have a backup. Um, but that original product, you know, when we made it, we realized on something like the Coos HD or the wilderness systems attack or the bonafide SS series is that the, the, the boss strap or the retainment strap or the bungee up front on the bow was, was taller than where the yeah. track was mounted. So, you know, if you put your paddle blade in the front of a Coos HD and you got one paddle holder on the side for the, you know, for your paddle and in the track, it won't, it won't make it, you know, so yeah. you've got to raise up your paddle holders. So when we were designing that product, we were like, well, we want to, we want it to be as low profile and out of the way as possible on that one. Yeah. I think that one was a little, maybe not, not a miscue because all we got to, you know, we have ways to raise it up if we want. Um, yeah. but some, with something like this, is, that's kind of the goal of everything we do is like, it needs to be aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. It needs to fit the brand language that we've created in recent years. So it all looks, you know, looks like it belongs with the attack, but also I want it to be out of the way, you know, yeah. I want it to be, yeah. granted, you have wires coming out of here. It's not going to be a true snag free product, but that, that's kind of the end game from a product design perspective is we want to make it as snag free as possible and as low profile and let you know as least intrusive as possible so um so yeah it works perfectly you know on your dry pod from your ss series from bonafide on your flex pod um from wilderness systems on a lot of their kayaks um and i know it'll work for several others um but just a simple really easy to use uh product that works you know great for fish finders uh, or if you're running any leds or a lot of guys are running like the switches and you know paneling that they can have to run make sure they're powering you know their fish finders they got you know, USB ports in their boats now. So anytime you're running wires, I mean, this is just a simple, easy product to use for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're literally saying everything that I thought when I first saw that product. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I need to get me a couple of those. Those things are awesome. <laughs> um, 
You just came out with one or a new another new product Friday, and that was called the Turnkey Track Adapter, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, it's not kayak related, but I mean, we we can go into it, right? Basically, yeah, we can talk about it. I mean, because like for us, like you know, we've got a number of people on our pro team that uh, a third of them own power boats, you know. So I think that you know kayaks are great. I love to paddle. You know, I love to you know I do use a torpedo sometimes as well. Um, but at the same time, if you want to take the family out and go fishing, if you want to, you know, go cover a lot more water, there's some time that boats, you know, are going to make sense. So a lot of these guys, I mean, whether it's skiffs, whether it's, you know, big offshore boats or it kind of in this case is going to be, you know, aluminum John boats and bay boats. Um, so this is a, this is a hunk. This is a, a piece off of a, a Ranger. And essentially, you know, there's all these different brands of boats, you know, you've got. Crestliner, Ranger, G3, Lund, War Eagle, Low, Duracraft, Tracker, and Triton are all going to have either, you know, they're either all aluminum or some like Triton. They're only going to make a, a few aluminum boats in their, in, their, in their lineup, but they all feature a track like this. And really, for the most part, you know, these manufacturers aren't making a whole lot of accessories for the, the boat brands themselves aren't. Um, and then really in our world, you know, there's no one really catering to this, but like for us, yeah. you know, we didn't we didn't create track, you know, we didn't create track on a kayak, you know, wilderness systems was the first to use it. Um, we just brought track in from a DIY perspective. Um, so we know track, you know, I mean, we've got 15 to 20 different brands of kayaks that buy our track now. Um, so basically for the most part, my minus feel free, the feel free line, you know, joy sports line, or I think it's joy sports, um, you know, Johnny boat, feel free and, um, three waters. They use a whole different track that takes an adapter from us. But once you put a little, you know, four to $5 adapter on there, you're good to go. You buy a track mounted accessory, you know, you know, it's going to work on your Kusa HD and you know, it's going to work on your Bonafide. Um, there's not a whole lot of guesswork to do, but in this market, I mean, there's, let's say hundreds of thousands of these boats that have been sold over the past, you know, 20, 30 years that, you know, when talking to some of these guys, they're like, well, why are you, why did you use a 45 degree gunnel here? And on this boat, you know, you used a 90 degree. They're like, dude, we have no idea. Like it's, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Like it, it's a weird one, but there's there hasn't been any standardization of angles or you know the depth of the slot. Like it's it's not like our world where we're like if you buy a kayak right now, there is a strong chance it's the Akatak Gear Track. You yeah. know there there is a very mm-hmm. strong chance that it is any anything from you know the you know emotion you know evoke you know all the way to perception and then bonafide you know or there's even some paddle brands you know like live water sports and um dragonfly that are making they're putting track on their their crafts you know so if you got track on there it's like okay i'm gonna go buy you know some type of track mounted accessory and it could be ours it could be someone else but Mm -hmm. you know it works so in this world it's not really the same um so one thing we did and this one's got kind of what we it's, it's called the turnkey so basically the thing about the turnkey is it, it's a totally different, totally different bolt, mm-hmm. you know? So the bolt is slender. It kind of almost looks like a prop in shape, yeah. but, what, but what that does, one thing it enables is you're able to top load it directly into that track. Cause on some of these boats, there's not even an entry point. It, the track is solid. It is complete all the way through. Some brands will do like a little pilot hole and you're supposed to use a carriage bolt. You know, the head of a carriage bolt goes in there and the, um, you know, square, you know, neck on the carriage bolt locks into the track. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But on this guy, you can top load it, you know, anywhere you want within that slot. 
you know, it can go, you know, go here, it can go here. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but the unique thing about our system, and you think thing that no one had done, so we immediately filed a patent on it, um, was basically how it locks in place. Yeah. You know, so what, what it does is as you tighten, it's going to keep that bolt at a 45 degree angle within the track. So it's not ever going to come loose. It's, you know, it's not ever going to, you know, vibrate, you know, through trailering the boat, you know, for a couple hours and eventually fall out of the track that it's, it's going to stay non-parallel with that track to where it's going to lock in place. Um, so that is kind of essentially what we call the turnkey. So right now we've got a 45 degree mount and then also a 90 degree mount. And between two of those, it covers nine different brands, you know, so nice. we're working That's on, awesome. you know, we'll potentially, I would say we have four or five different angles. You know, I know we've got a 55 degree one we're working on. I know that there's potentially just a couple more brands that we're trying to locate and do some research on, but, um, probably three or four. Maybe if you have four brackets, we covered 15 different brands, but what that does is it, it opens up, you know, those owners that, you know, even like, I guess there's maybe one or two guys in our current team that have these boats, mm-hmm. but you've got all of these different ang- anglers and boat owners that didn't get introduced to, you know, all the different products, you know, like the, all the different rod holders we make, all the different fish finder mounts we make. And just, you know, to me, what we've done with the lock and load system and just, you know, what we do in house with all of our molds, it's the superior product to most, you know, so it yeah. gives that community, you know, innovative, unique products that, um, you know, we're still going to be heavily involved. We've got some banger products coming out, you know, in the, in the kayak paddle space. Um, but you know, right now, like paddle sports, it, it is just a, it's a pepperoni on a slice of pie, you know? So it's, yeah. it's one that, you know, I work every day to grow it. You know, I work every, every day to grow paddle sports, but that one is essentially low hanging fruit to, you know, four or five different mountains for those boats. And, you know, we've got a whole different array of anglers, you know, to pour more, you know, jet fuel within the attack and see what we can do, you know, 10 years from now, you know, so that one just came out. Um, we're kind of taking pre-orders right now. I would expect uh, us to just pull the trigger and open it up live this week. Um, so basically end of, end of February, beginning of March, you know, be ready to go live and, I know I've got a bunch of dealers lined up and a bunch of consumers ready. So I expect it's going to be unique for us. You know, it's going to yeah. be unique to get in that market. It's going to be unique for me from a marketing perspective that um, I literally fish off a boat like five times a year, if that, you know. So I'm predominantly almost 100% fishing from a kayak or a paddleboard um, or wading, you know, if I'm fly fishing certain spots, you know, in the rivers. So getting my mind, I'm, I'm going to have to. Kind of what we were talking about earlier of knowing your consumer, knowing your industry. You know, so we've got a, a small little aluminum tracker back at the shop. We've got a small little micro skiff. Um, I would say, you know, this time next year, who knows what we would have sitting in our warehouse or parking lot that um, we're going to have to learn it. We're going to have to become that customer to know what that customer needs. So at least right now, we kind of rely a little bit more on our pro team for some insight. But also, I mean, we're smart people. I mean, kind of. And it's kind of the same thing as, you know, all Yak Attack is, we're not a kayak fishing company. We're a small space organization company that focuses on kayak fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing in a boat. It's just a small space that you need storage for, you know, tools and tackle and, you know, mounts for electronics and gear, you know. So I think that there's a, a lot of crossover that um, is easy to adapt to, so... That one, and then I've also got one more in the kayak space um, that was, I think it was within the past couple months, but um, a little bit more of a budget, you know, budget-driven paddle holder. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of doing the, some different things that people hadn't done. I mean, a taco clip kind of style paddle holder, you know, it exists for several companies. Um, but one that, you know, whenever you slip your nice carbon paddle into it and it just slams down that we wanted to put some nice rubber bumpers. So we've got two rubber bumpers okay. on each side that protrude up from the surface um, on the actual clip itself. And then kind of tie in, you know, most of the built-in paddle holders on your kayaks, you know, like the, the Bonafide has or... I think that the Kusa HD has maybe one um, is going to be a retainment strap. Yeah, you know, it's going to be huge. I, you know, for actually, peace of mind. I um, actually like that a lot better than the rubber pieces that you see on the typical uh, taco clips. That little yeah. straps. That, that little straps pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, that one's a cool one. I mean, that's just called the uh, the padlock paddle holder, and um, that one comes in at twelve bucks. You know, because. With this one, you're, you're, you're definitely only going to need one, you know? Yeah. I know a lot of guys that whether they had a stock paddle holder came on their boat, you know, some, some of the pedal drives do or some of the other brands have them on the side and they work, but, you know, people have played with this. They like the holding power. They like the strap. So they were able to actually take that off. And with how we did the bottom of we put a slot right here and then a single hole um, so really any paddle holder will along the, that line of having that um, mounting area right there, those dimensions, right. you can change yeah. it out and swap it out. So I've known several consumers to swap out paddle holders that came on their boat or ones that they installed after the fact. And they're like, you know, we really like the retainment strap and then the, the rubber bump, cool. bumper functionality. So um, that was going to be another cool one for us of kind of my goal of, you know, I want to make sure that our dealers have the, the right tools for success because, you know, I guess for you, Jason, do you use one or two rotor grip paddle holders? Um, I have two. Um, yeah. And that was the one thing, like, you know, you were talking about having the, uh, the strap, you know, up front being slightly higher than where, you know, I ended up utilizing just two, but it was always kind of a thing of like, I can't get real close to a bank. Like say I'm kind of fishing a river and I need to get in that like calm water seam, to throw over there and I got to get right up on the bank with it. So I kick a, a foot over, you know, onto the bank, hold myself with a rock or whatever. So it was always kind of a pain in a sense when you got two of them, cause you know, I've got that thing extended out. So, um, it, you know, and, but I've always loved it because if I'm fishing and it's open and I'm standing, it's just, it's right there. You know, it's easily, I could get to it easy. I'm not unstrapping anything, you know, it, it, I could put it down there fairly well you know like it's it, it's always worked real good so um but i do like with the new style that you um the uh that that lock system with the uh the bungee because that's kind of solving a problem that there was two versions in a sense and it was either a you had bungees there or b you had the clip there but no bungees in a sense and that's kind of cool that you guys combine both ideas together to make like one system like that because I literally never utilized the bungee system on my kayak uh, on the Kusa because that's what it originally was. The hell there was two bungees that came like from one point and extended outward up on top of the boat that had two points where it hooked onto. And I hated it. It just felt insecure, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and it all it would take would be like one of them to be undone and you could potentially like your paddle would could slide out. You're probably not going to lose it because the blade's going to stop it. But there it is like hanging in the water or whatnot, you know, but yeah, I have two. I love them. So, (laughs) 
Like <laughs> that was a, that was the only ever issue I ever really ran into. So I've always considered kind of raising them up, but I always liked having the uh, the ability to have it just all the way across the front of the boat like that. I, you know, Brad's seen it and he's like, those are awesome. You know, I'm like, yeah, it's great. But until you want to get real close up, you know, under some cover or something like that, right up on the bank, it's kind of a pain. But, you know, once you get used to it, you get used to it and you learn to, you know, move the paddle, you know, out of the way or what whatever you need to do so i mean even with the rotor grip but one thing i noticed is you know how we were talking about you slide near the paddle up in the front up underneath the bungee or now they've got the rubber the rubber band across the front right but i always kind of noticed that like even like my my rotor grip act as like kind of a block like from my paddle wanting to slide that way like out of the boat even though it wasn't mounted into it it kind of kept it in check and it in a certain area yep. they kind of help that way so yeah the nice rubber the rubber rollers i mean i won't even engage it fully sometimes i'll just yeah. lay it on there and you know you yeah. can fully move the like you can apply a lot of pressure and that paddle really not move um but but yeah i'll, I'll shoot you a, a message after this and show you kind of the the diy setup that actually to be honest i mean that, that this is kind of just sums up yak attack but um Actually, I'll just make it real quick. That uh, <laughs> it, that's kind of the beauty of what we've built in the past couple of years is uh, you're able to take like the 90 degree mount that we were just talking about for the boat world. Uh -huh. This is actually a product that we designed for the, the kayak space as well, and really just kind of fell into it that it made sense for uh, that 90 degree mount in um, the powerboat world. That um, once you are able to take out you know, take off the base. So you take a lock and load base mm -hmm. and then you take the 90 degree mount that has a built in mighty mount on the top. You're able to take that paired up with that base, you know, reassemble, tighten it back up. And one thing this, this is nice you can do with is, you know, if you've got your paddle blade up on the front of a bonafide or that mm -hmm. is HD or an attack, that paddle's not going to be flat. That paddle's going to be angled. Yeah. Up. Yeah. So you're able to take this and cater that angle. And so all you got to do is take that uh -huh. paddle holder and get that T bolt, that mighty bolt, and it just slides right in here. You tighten it down. And then there's going to be, there's basically going to be of um, how you raise a rotor grip paddle holder and two simple products. Yeah. I need to get me one of those. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I one, like uh, Brad, I wanted to point out, Brad, Brad got jealous that I have the um, old dog bone, and I don't think it's being made anymore. Correct? Which uh, I guess what part, what part specifically was it? I th I want to say it was kind of it had the one and a half inch ball on the bottom, and it it had the joint where you could kind of adjust it that way. But it, Brad, you were talking about it. You got all jealous when I showed it to him. I was like, yeah, I got this not that long ago, but now it doesn't seem like it's in production anymore. And no, it's that, the one, it's like, it's like 12 inches long. It's all foam and it's got a one and a half at the bottom and then a one inch at the top. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Brad's like, cause he's like all jealous. But Brad, when I was noticing what he was doing with the, um, the panfish portrait, that's about the same exact size. It's literally maybe just a half an inch shorter and yeah. you have a hundred times more different angle options than what the, yeah. what the, uh, dog bone had. So I gotcha. So one thing you can do, so yeah, like in, in that orientation that I think you've got, you probably got maybe the dog bone camera mount. Um, yeah. So it's got, you know, it had a one and a half inch screw ball at the bottom. 
And then it goes into, you know, a one and a half inch ball to a 12 inch extension up to that one inch camera ball. And then that's where you would mount your camera head up top. But the beauty of all of these products, you know, like the, the new Panfish Portrait Pro is really the height is limitless that yeah. you could you could essentially take. So we still sell one dog bone extension arm, but it's really just a mighty bolt that goes in your track to a quarter 20 extension. Really, it's meant to increase the height of your VisiCarbon Pro. But um, mount this guy to the top of it. Mount your articulating yeah. camera mount to the top. Just take out your mighty bolt on the bottom, screw it on that quarter 20 base on top of the 12 inch dog bone extension. And then therefore you got one in the middle. You got one that's, you know, three or four inches taller than this. It's about, you know, maybe eight inches shorter than um, the panfish. But one thing about this guy is I just took the Zuka two apart. And so I'm able to take this base. Nice. And so I can take that apart and then basically this is going to be pretty dang close to the original you know uh dog bone camera mount that we sold and so then therefore and the nice thing about this they're just so incredibly rigid the base is so nice and rigid that you don't have a ball at the bottom to worry about and then the ball yeah. at the top ball at the top is just because it's the camera world i mean if you guys are shooting anything you know tripods whatever it's typically based around a ball um mm, yeah. so with this is i you know i took and kind of hybridized you know, you know, had the lock and load base, a forearm extension, and then put the top of the Panfish Portrait Pro. And then I get a, kind of a one that's completely in the middle. And I've got now I've got um, three points of articulation. I've got the mm-hmm. base, I've got the top of the extension arm, and then the two camera balls up top. So that's one thing that we've really made sure to do is make sure that this is like an, an adult erector set. You know, yes. or, or <laughs> angular like Lincoln logs. I mean, this is basically the goal that if I can take yeah, a product fun. and use it in a, a way that I've never intended it to, or, you know, paired these together and made this work, or that's the goal, you know, because yeah. all, all, people are creative people by, you know, they're originally creative, you know, they're naturally mm-hmm. creative, you know, so therefore, and, and same thing with fishing is like, I mean, I might not really use my Ned rig like you use your Ned rig. I'm mostly getting yeah. hung up in trees and, uh, you know, bushes, but, um, there <laughs> might be, a better, up in rocks. there might be better yeah. ways to fish it or different, you know, or different colors, different, different ways of presenting it. It's like same thing with anglers is there's no two anglers that fish the same. There's no two kayak anglers that rig the same. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the beauty of the product line that we have come to creation and come to making is it's, it all works together. You know, yeah. so there's brand language through the product, you know, line of Yak Attack that you could take a camera mount and slam it with a rod holder and use a part and component from here to there. So, you know, I've got in my, you know, my my gear room, basically a whole box of spare parts that, you know, if I'm trying to sit down and rig up a new boat or figure out a solution, um, I can just go in my my box of tricks and rig something up, you know, so that's that's yeah. all fun. Awesome, dude. Well, uh, we're a little bit over time here, but I, th- I think it was necessary to talk about the products and stuff. Uh, some cool uh, conversation here. Uh, we are going to start winding it down if, unless you have anything else you wanted to add at no, all. That's good right now. I mean, whenever some new stuff and keep your eyes peeled, you know, I, I know we've got some cool stuff in the pipeline. So, you know, definitely this year it's going to be pretty constant. So um, it'd be almost monthly. Awesome. We'll, dude. Have, to, we'll have to keep inviting you back, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, for real, let's do it. Every every six months, you know, it's probably worth you know having a recap. And, you know, it's gonna be five or six new products every six months for sure. That's awesome. 
I do have one more quick question. It, do you guys have any like um any plans to make like a kayak cart at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it's oh, you know, like one, Brian, I mean, why'd you have to ask that? That's been on the hot list, you know. It's just one that um I don't know. We we basically had a design a long time ago that was just made and um okay. it was simple and easy. And it was someone, it was a team guy. He drew it on, drew it on a napkin and he, you know, we were talking about that a couple weeks ago while we were on a trip and basically it was someone from a different company that just came out with a cart and we're like, yeah, that was uh, it. Uh, it, was more, <laughs> it was more of the attachment method and like they did a good job. They made a good cart. Um, yeah. But for us, like that's, that's, a, that's a necessity down the road, you know? So yeah. Yeah. I would say that it's probably not a 2020 thing, um, but uh, who knows? You know, I think that's something that, you know, that's a product we'd love to develop for sure. Awesome. I'd really love to see, see like that product come out in a sense and be able to do like what boondocks is doing without the worry of the damage that everybody's been talking about for a while, because, you know, as these kayaks get bigger and bigger and bigger, like I have a sea tug and I love it, man. Like I could collapse it down. It fits in the front hatch of the Kusa, but at the same time, I'm like, dude, trying to put, uh, you know, a big rig FD or a Hobie on that. I know it can be done. A lot of people do it and they like, they, they deal with it. But at the same time, I'm like, there's just something about being able to roll up, drop those wheels down, get out of the boat and just walk straight up and not have to, you know, put together a cart or hope to God that you line it up perfectly. And that cart's not sliding down into the, into the water, down on the ramp. You know, you'll have to ask Jay about that, Brad, <laughs> all right, all right. watching him try I, to put that. Brian's I think we've all been story. through that. We've yeah, all had those, yeah. those cart horror and, stories or the cart's yeah. crab walking sideways and, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, the hole doesn't fit it perfectly. And, you know, and yeah. it's, it's one of those that it's one of those that we should solve, you know? So it's, yeah. I don't know. I'd keep, I'd keep your eyes peeled and you kinda, you know, I know we've got to understand, you know, it, it kind of it's come along with the, the weight of these boats, you know, and then just in the past couple of years though, is where we really seen the explosion of these giant kayaks that are weighing 140 pounds, you know, it's, I mean, there was a need for it, but like, I can understand why it really wasn't uh, chased after that much because everything was still somewhat manageable by hand in a way, you know, but now it's getting to be like, yeah, there's, you got 60 year old guys who really do want that nice, big, stable kayak, but they can't, they can't manhandle it around, yeah. you know, like there's, you know, that's what was cool about seeing the blue sky when it did come out, like, and the, the wheel system that it has, it's really simple and it takes a giant, the one of the biggest kind of platforms that are out there like that and makes it super manageable for all kinds of people, you know, mm -hmm. like that's, what's crazy about that system. People were like, Oh dude, it's not a kayak. Well, you know, not everybody has to be a kayak tournament person. So whether yeah. or not they got a personal watercraft, it's stable like that and they're comfortable and they can sit in that thing. Why not go get one? You know, doesn't matter if it's a true kayak or not, but that, that system that they kind of have for the wheels is just, it's a great idea, you know, and I'd yeah. like, it'd be cool to see Yak Attack or even some of the kayak companies be able to integrate more of that into their boat design, you know, to where it's not so damaging, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I look forward to seeing what you guys come up with. It'll be cool. Same here. Same here. So yeah, uh, wind this thing down. Uh, John, we appreciate you coming on, man. Talking Yak yeah. Attack. Uh, Pleasure. You get, 
you uh, have any plugs? Anybody you want to thank? Any sponsors? Uh, where no, people man. can follow you? No, just, you know, to me, I think keep your eyes on Yak Attack and, and see what we do over the next couple months. And, you know, one thing that we are working on right now is we're doing a, a massive, massive giveaway. It's one of the largest I've seen in kayak yeah. fishing. Yep. Um, it's We're doing, I mean, it's an RS-117. You get a Raymarine Element. You get, you know, an action cam from Tacticam, you know, two PFDs from NRS. You know, 13 Fishing's got rods and reels and Spro did a package and Gamagatsu and... You know, I mean, the list goes on and on. I know I'm going to miss some people because there's probably, I think, 16, 17 different sponsors with that. But you get anything yeah. from coolers to action cams to, you know, Kenon sunglasses. You get two pairs of those that are about $250 a pop. Um, so I think we're right around $7,750 worth of gear for that giveaway. And um, all you got to do is um, go to our website, and it's in the menu bar. It's just a contest and giveaway tab. And uh, you'll see it right there. And inner and really it's based around um yaktak hitting forty thousand followers or forty thousand likes on instagram we've already hit forty thousand on um sorry we've already hit forty thousand on instagram then we did a five hundred dollar gift card for that guy um that won that one and then the next one is we gotta hit forty thousand on facebook um so i think i looked today i think we're like 1800 away or 1850 away so i would say another three weeks um and then by the end of march um someone's gonna have a pretty sweet package delivered to their door so yeah yeah. um just check out that at yakattack.us yep i I definitely shared that on my uh instagram story too so if anybody that who listens follows me you can find it that way too so Good stuff. Uh, appreciate you coming on again. Um, yeah. Josh, you want to take us out? Yeah, I, I just want to thank John also for coming on, talking Yak Tech with us, John. Uh, you're always more than welcome to come back anytime if you want to, you know, get on and showcase some new stuff or whatever. You know, feel free to reach out to us. And, you know, we've got multiple different, you know, podcasts actually just through Paddle and Fence. So if there's anything you want to join in on any of the different episodes or whatnot, you want to share some fishing tactics with Ryan or whatever, man, just reach out. You know, we're more more than happy to have any of our guests back. You know, we're we're out there. We our main kind of mission, in a sense, falls along with what Yak Attack. We want we want to put out stuff for people that they're going to have a benefit and it's going to help them. It's going to help them grow as anglers, as kayakers, whatever. You know, so if you guys got got questions or anything like that for John, you know, you can always reach out on his social media as well. And he's always more help, you know, helpful with any any questions that you guys have. But, you know, I do with that. I just want to say, you know, to all the listeners, thanks for listening. You know, spread the PNF word. You know, uh, we're really itching to get back out there soon. I know I am. I know Brad is, you know, and a lot a lot of us. through paddle and fin tend to live in the north side, you know, northern sections of the United States. So we're all having a little bit of cabin fever. So, but um, with that, thanks for listening. You guys have a great night. Thanks. See ya. Go check out the website, guys. Paddle the letter N and fin.com. Also, check out YouTube, youtube.com forward slash paddle and fin. 
If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're doing giveaways, announcements, things like that at Facebook and Instagram at paddle and fin. Shout out to our show supporters, Rocktown Adventures, Loveland Canoe and Kayak, Hammered Lures, Fish Mob Lures, TRC Covers, Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the Paddle and Fin logo right on your catchboard. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jig Masters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps grow the audience, helps others find our podcast. So please drop a five-star rating in on the podcast platform you're listening on. Don't forget about the Recycled Plastics program, you guys. Take your used plastic baits, put them in an envelope, mail them to the address in the show notes. Our man Eric Richards at Hammered Lures melts those down, makes new baits, and donates them to various chapters of Heroes on the Water. 